With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're doing our season predictions, and we have kind of a special announcement, something we're going to do, we're going to try to do the rest of the of this football season, but let's get introductions out of the way. I'm Cameron, I got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And I got Scott. What is up, Utes? The season is in reach. I'm getting so freaking stoked for this. You can smell it. You can smell the turf in the air. The cowboy corn dogs cooking. <laughs> it's time, baby. Let's go. All right. So I know I, I, I kind of tease that we have kind of an announcement. So, you know, this is, we're coming into our eighth year doing this podcast. And we've always have always been for fans by fans, right? I mean, we're just, Three fans that just love Utah, love Utah football. And so we're always looking ways to 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 grow the podcast, to, to do new things, to do different things. So for this season, we're gonna we're gonna bring other fans on with us. But different people that we've met uh, through social media, through different things uh, with the U, you know, we're gonna bring you on and kind of get your thoughts and your opinion on on Utah football. For this episode, as we kind of kick things off, we're bringing four fans on. Four fans you don't want to miss. We'll bring them on a little bit later, but I'm super stoked to do this. And again, we're going we're gonna to do this throughout the season. Is it going to be every episode? Maybe not, but I'm looking forward to talking to other Ute fans, kind of get their perspective on things. Let's kick, let's kick this episode off. Charlie Brewer is the starting quarterback unofficially. Uh, for Utah, Kyle won't confirm. Scott, I know your your team rising. Have you just been crying all day? <laughs> I mean, this is going to be bad for Scott, right? First, rising is in the quarterback. Then we got gray uniforms today. Uh, this has been a rough. Yeah, the, we're, oh, we'll get into gray uniform. Don't you? Don't oh, no, you? We'll, don't you fret we'll, that? We'll get into it. But no, you know what? I mean, obviously, I'm Team Utah first, so I just want I just want a productive, good quarterback play. I don't care who it is. I but yeah I I've been on I've been on Team Rising obviously last year even with a slim a, a sliver of hope this year I was really kind of hoping that that uh, that he would get that opportunity but um, obviously you know Brewer gets the nod in part obviously we've heard through fall camp it's been a very close race very competitive. But Brewer ultimately gets the nod with the fact that he's got a lot. He's got a lot of experience. I mean, he's got a lot of games having started and won under his belt. Where Brewer, de- or excuse me, um, Rising doesn't have any of those. And so um, you're probably going to get more of a sure bet with with Brewer. But 
I do feel good about the fact you got rising as your number two. You've got a guy that's very talented and went went head to head with Brewer in the event you know anything happens to Brewer. Well, not only that, but Rising has now gone through two quarterback competitions in, in fall camp. Obviously, you know, last season he won it, beat out Bentley. Uh, Which we thought at the time was pretty spectacular. Turns out, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> he still beat it. He still beat him out. Uh, fortunately, he got injured. Uh, but I think that will play dividends. Even though maybe he's not the starter right now, you got to have more than one guy. May I mean Scott? I know a couple, has to have more than one guy. A couple episodes ago, you said you know sometimes you have to have three guys. Uh, we don't even know who number three is. Kyle won't even give us number three. Oh, we know who three is. It's got to be Jackson. Yeah, but he said three, four. They're dealing with injuries. So is it Costelli that's dealing with the injury, or is it Jackson that's dealing with the injury, which could affect who gets that third spot? I hope it's not Jackson because we have heard there are some packages for him and Wildcat and other situational things like that. I, I hope it's not him. But but going back to, to Brewer and Rising, I've been on Team Brewer from the get-go. I, I had to go back to a, a couple camps ago when when Cam Rising first came in. He, he, he He's a good quarterback. He really is. And I... I think the future's bright in that spot, in that locker room, in that quarterback room. I guess the question, though, is does this cause rising to transfer? There's always that fear. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, that does raise the question. But but, but honestly, I think um, he, he you don't go down that road because Brewer is a one-and-done guy. Um, and, and for all intents and purposes, Brewer could easily get injured and rising could get the nod at any point during the season. So as we've seen in Utah football over the years, our quarterbacks tend to not stay healthy the entire season. And so you've got to have, uh, you've got to have some, some good backup. And, and I know some of it's just players pumping up their teammates and talking to the media. But, you know, I think we all heard a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, Covey say that whoever whoever gets the nod, we're going to have the best backup in the country. Um, you know, it's, it's a great position to be in. It's a position that Utah has historically not been in. Quarterback play, I mean, outside of a few years, obviously you've got Brian Johnson, you've got Alex Smith, but... Outside of those years, um, there's just not a long pedigree of real great quarterback play or a lot of depth at the position. You know, obviously you've got uh, Wilson, who uh, um, you know, still my guy, but uh, but but again, it's just not a position that we've been in consistently. And so to have that depth, to have that type of quality in both your ones and your twos. You've got four-star guys in the wings for your third, your fourth, even your fifth um, quarterbacks. It's, a, it's a good position to oh, be absolutely. in. Absolutely, we've come a long ways. If you're looking back to just in the beginning years of the Pac-12, when our starting quarterback was Hayes, John Hayes, baby, you keep be, which he had a which he had a decent he, year he was for, a pretty, for his ability for sure. Uh, but he did, but he's a quarterback at what a division two, division three who canceled football and that's 
I mean, the, the, the football team literally folded, and that's why he wasn't on a roster anywhere. Norm Chow scooped him up, and the rest is history. But uh, but 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 with this situation, now you've got Kyle Whittingham saying, all right, we're going to throw the ball. We're going to throw the ball more than we have in the past. Now, raise your hand if you've heard that from Kyle before. Every year. It's a broken record. 50-50. That's 50, how they got fifty ball. Yeah, well, absolutely. We've heard it every year, and but that's how they got Theo Howard in the door, right? Well, and 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 you've got to be able to do that, right? I mean, if you if you want you want to be able to bring in Solomon Enos type recruits, Theo Howard guys, guys that are are highly recruited have lots of options out of high school or even through the transfer portal. Yeah, these guys want to win, which Utah has established. But they're also not coming in at the running back position, which is where we thrive at. They're coming in at a position where we just have not given a lot of attention to over the years. And so, yeah, they've got to sell it. But now, great, you've sold it. You got the guys in the door. Now you've got to, you've got to prove it. And, and hopefully we've got the type of quarterback that can protect the ball because we all know Kyle. He likes a quarterback who does not throw interceptions. He does not. And that's partly why in the past he kind of – slows down the passing game and puts more emphasis on the run game because he can control the clock and uh, he's not turning the ball over. Well, he usually has studs at running back. Exactly, which again, you've got this year. So it just gives this offense, if these quarterbacks can live up to the hype, if they can stay healthy and we can be productive through through the passing game, you know you know what you're going to have in the run game behind it. It 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 leaves this offense with a real good possibility of being very productive. It's It, it kind of almost feels like, I mean, obviously we're talking before we've seen one snap of the ball, but it, it almost feels like you've turned a corner in in the offensive mentality of this football team because for years it's been a run-heavy offense with a mediocre quarterback. Now there's talk that we've got quarterbacks who can sit back there and throw the ball and now you've got now you've also got receivers out there who can get open and and make and make plays down the field which you put all that together with a running game and with strong defense i'm telling you it's there it's there this is there for the taking this year they got the talent they've got stability in the coaching staff the key components offensively, you got to let it rip. This is the year you've got to let it rip offensively. Just kind of like you did. You saw that in 2019 with Tyler Huntley, right? They trusted Tyler. They, they knew what they got, that what they had with Tyler. He was very productive with the ball, uh, with his completion, completion percentage. So they trusted him and look what that did to the offense. You've got to do that and probably even do so more this year. Um, offensively, well, and if you're really looking to to win the win the South, win the Pac-12 championship, and potentially get to a Rose Bowl, you've got to do you've got to be more than one dimensional on offense. You can't just put Zach Moss back there and say, "Go give go give us three touchdowns today, and we'll let the defense stop the other team." Well, we've seen that it can that can work in the regular season. Where it hasn't worked is in two Pac-12 championship games. Is where our offensive our offensive production in both those games, where the most is on the line, and you're playing probably your most quality opponent of the season, 
That's where the offense has struggled. Let's let's go. Let's let it rip. This is this is the year, man, and I I'm excited. I'm excited to get in Rice Eccles and watch these guys throw touchdowns. So I I am now Cam. I'm officially on Team Brewer. Welcome welcome to the club. Until Thursday when Wit pulls the rug out from all of us and says, ah, it's really rising." <laughs> I totally agree where you guys are coming from, regardless of who's under center. You got to trust that quarterback. Let him rip. The talent is there. Let's get this thing rolling. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk some USS Salt Lake City battle uniforms. I love it. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Utah dropped new uniforms that they're actually not going to be wearing till November, but they, they dropped them the end of August, a completely gray uniform in tribute, USS Salt Lake City. I love it. I've been wanting more gray, more unique uniforms. You're just stirring the pot. What are and, you? And honestly, PK it's over beautiful. Here? No, I'm not stirring anything. It's beautiful. Hand painted oh with the ship on the helmet, the star on the sleeve. They couldn't have done any. They couldn't have made it better. It's a it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Other than maybe a beehive. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know Cam is in love with the idea of putting a beehive. Yeah, you heard that right. A beehive. A yellow beehive. No, red beehive. Well, there is no such thing as a red <laughs> or beehive. Or a white or a white beehive. What on you want it on the on the uniform, on the helmet? On the helmet. An oversized oversized beehive on like one side. Sitting on top of the interlocking U. <laughs> Gosh. No, the interlocking you inside can't e- the beehive. I can't even begin to describe what a disaster that would be. It will be a state uniform. Oh, help oh. us. Help us. But so, back but back to the USS no, Salt Lake no, but City. You, you want to listen. You don't have credibility on, the, on uniforms if that's your take. You want to talk about credibility? All your take is, we can only wear red. We can only wear white. Nothing in between. It's called what, branding. It's Have called... you seen the South End Zone? It's a black. Everything in it is black. Yeah, in it. Not on the outside. In it. As a fan, all you see is red and you see white. All right? That is. Those are Utah's yeah. fundamental colors. Yes, they're main colors, but you can have multiple colors you can and it's a and it's a mistake no it's not it is a mistake it is not that until they reveal the green ones that look like christmas trees <laughs> i i you know what look i here i i like an, okay. I get, well, like an earth day one or something no it's taking I, it too far i'm all for military appreciation showing respect to those who have fought for our country and who have sacrificed so much and i love the idea around veterans day of definitely recognizing the u.s salt lake city got no problem with that 
I don't know how that has to be involved in our uniforms, but that's where we're at apparently. So I do think because the ship was great, it was pretty clear. Well, I obviously <laughs> you're not gonna have a red ship. I get it. That'll stand out in the ocean. <laughs> Put a patch on the dang uniform. Why do we? Why do we even have to create a uniform for these types of things? Can we not show the respect outside of it? And again, I am I am like team president of team no gray. And so that's 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 factoring in part of this. I just the youth should not be in gray. Sorry, that's my take. Sticking with it, whatever. But the military side of it, I got no problem. I just don't know why we're so in bed with meshing the two together. Okay, I will give you that. A lot of the alternate jerseys, and even some main jerseys they've had, have, have been terrible. The mountains on the sleeve was bad from the get go. The black camouflage ones, the undershirts, jo- yeah, the like, undershirts. Like Jordan, Jordan Wynn, yeah, Jordan Wynn's year, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Those were bad. They should be burned. Never spoken of again. The can the camo against TCU. That's what I'm. That's what I'm yeah, talking that's the about. Same one. Yeah, that was awful. Uh, and and the fact that there's fans still wearing that jersey around. Okay, just burn it, dude. Like, don't don't wear it to the stadium anymore. They should be banned. Outside of those rare occasions, it is awesome to see what Utah rolls out with. Now, I will to say to me that makes Utah seem like a big time program that they can do new jerseys. They can change things up. And I know you don't like it because it's branding, but out outside of the interlocking U or the drum and feather, that's the brand. To well, me, no, the, it's the, not it, exactly necessary, the, the, the colors. The brand is, let's change it up. The ch- The brand is, we will be inconsistent as possible. I, it's not inconsistent. Oh, it, it is not no, inconsistent. They're consistently inconsistent. I'm just saying, when, like, okay, Alabama, they, their uniforms are so boring. I'm done with them. USC, so boring. You think USC's are boring? Yes. Yes. So when we come out, when we come out looking like Highland High School, that just that just that puts you over the top with joy. I, I think it's cool. It creates energy. Hey, hey at least we're not boring. <laughs> I hate it. I hate Scott Ryan. You're on my side on like, this. I I know you like. I think I think the, I think the Salt Lake Blaze. What were they? The Utah Blaze or they were they the Salt U- Lake? The Utah Blaze. The Utah Blaze are disgusted with some of our uniforms. I will agree to a certain extent, and I completely understand where you're coming from on a branding thing because we we it really seems like we there isn't a brand there to be had a lot of the times. Um, but I think there's two sides to this. I think us as fans, or the majority of fans, want to see Utah as Utah, red and white. But I think the team has to cater from a recruiting standpoint to I, what I, I get it what brings the talent to the field and a lot of times the bling the shiny the change up of colors that's what brings the players i and and i will not argue with that to an extent i think that's a little overblown i don't think i don't think we're getting recruits because we say hey in week 4 we're going we're going to wear something different <laughs> it's awesome guys <laughs> 
we're not getting recruits for that. I do I do think yes, recruits like that. They like new. They like innovation and to an extent that's what they get here at Utah. And, and I get the, that. And they're catering to 18-year-old kids. Uh, exactly. And I get that and I know I'm old school and I know that I'm in the minority. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying it's my opinion. <laughs> okay, can I can I ask this question? Cuz this is this is not a shot. If you take it as that's okay, but bring it. You talk about branding, and you you want the same vanilla uniform week in and week out for branding purposes. What does that mean in college football? Because honestly, if you want to talk about branding in college football, you can. There's really what four teams that you can honestly say have a brand. Oh, there's more. Alabama. There, there's more than fourteen. I mean, you could you Florida State, Florida. I mean, you just go. But they have Florida's they, changed up. They their have alternate and jerseys and and helmets. Sure, and so don't give me that for well, Florida. They'll 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 wear it once or twice a year, not every week. No, they they'll switch it up more than once or twice a season. But you want to talk Dan about, Bowling? But will you want to talk about branding? Nonsense. You're talking about the Alabama, LSU. Michigan, Ohio. Look, we're not going to go through and name every every program that does that. Are there a lot? There's a lot of Oregon's out there, right? We're one of them, and there's a lot that 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 like the traditional look. Here's the deal: Utah is not a blue blood. So guess what yes. they've been doing? They've been a Mountain West team, in and in this generation of, of football fans, they've come up. We've won the Fiesta Bowl. We've won the Sugar Bowl. Right, we've get an invitation to the Pac-12. Utah, in the in the eyes of fans throughout this entire country, is a program on the rise, building itself. Okay, so if you want to build something, you've got to start building brand awareness. When you look different week in and week out, where if somebody turns on the TV at nine o'clock at night, oh, who's playing? If you want to build a brand, you've got to be able to be recognizable. We've got a recognizable brand with our Drum and Feather logo. Outside of that, you can't recognize well, who's on the field. And that's even even if the logo that's changed over the last couple of years, because depending on which network is showing the games, it'll depend on what logo they put on the screen. Hey, c- come to Rice Eccles Stadium. We got Drum and Feathers. We got Block U's. We got Interlocking U's. I mean, it's it's all over the board. It is all over the board, and I think you're right because I think if someone who doesn't necessarily or hasn't followed the rise of Utah over the last decade, plus they they'll they'll recognize the drum and feather from years ago, and then all of a sudden, if the block used up there or the interlocking used, they take they go wait who who is that? And and again, may not be the popular opinion. But I think it would do this university well to pick a logo and stick with it. It can be different from the academic side of things, but athletics needs to pick a pick a logo, and it needs to be on every court. It needs to be on every uniform. And well, I think, sure, I think they've off, made that decision. Well, I, mean, I think if, it's going to be the interlocking. If you. they do that, then it's the interlocking you. But this guess is what's still old... on our helmets? The I drum know. of feather. But I think they kind of ha- they're trying to walk this fine line, and as someone who loves, dude, the pioneers the, walked faster than they're moving. Someone <laughs> who loves the drum and feather, 
I, I'm okay with what they're doing because it's keeping the drum and feather around. If they go your route of having to pick one, it's it's going to be the interlocking you. Of course, and I won't argue that. There's No, because the, the, you want the interlocking you. No, you probably want the block you on oh everything with the same uniforms. I can tell you're losing week. this argument. This is where you're headed. <laughs> no, I It's like talking to a brick wall, someone that you're like 90 years old. Yeah. Where but you in just your want, mind the brick wall changes their their colors every week. <laughs> I hate Scott so much. At least with my wall, you recognize it because it's the same every week. It's red brick, dang it. Sometimes it's gray. <laughs> gray grout. You're going to be lost. Gray, you're, gonna, you're, you're never going to know where you're at. You're always seeing something different. With, with me, you know where you're at. With all that being said, I thought the drop of the gray uniforms and the story behind it was pretty lit this morning yeah. it was awesome, I, I, I think that's really cool and you could tell that they did put a lot of effort and 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 really tried to create the spirit of the that uss salt lake city into the uniform so i think that's really cool i just i'll never be for gray uniforms i just i just don't like them but well, that's okay um it's Unfortunately, our opinions aren't going to change what they're wearing. So <laughs> no, no, it's not. And you know what? Exactly what you guys said. It's the the recruits and the kids on the team. It is the reason why Utah's doing what they're doing. Is the change up because that's what they like, and I get it. And if that helps the program, so be it. I just, I just think maybe finding some middle ground where we're not crazy. With all the different combinations, okay, let's have maybe two or three combinations and stick to that and, and that I, alone. And I'm okay with that. And I, and I kind of tend to think that's where it's headed a little bit, even even though this isn't related to uniforms. You kind of get the impression that Mark Harlan pays attention to what fans say on Twitter based on what they're doing to the stadium chairs right now. Uh, I so I think he's admitted so. Yeah, and I so I think. I think he listens to what's being said. Now I know Twitter. Somebody send send him a link to this podcast. <laughs> Twitter isn't the majority of Utah fans out there, but it it's the voice it's, of the fans. It is the voice of the fans, and I think he I think he's taking that into account, in, at least in some regards. So, um, I I love the red, the white, the occasional whatever. I just hope it's never just black and white again. The Alta High School or the Highland High School stuff, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. So, so anybody, I know, I know, dear old Crimson's on my side on this. We're we'll, uh, we're gonna tag team with 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 a few others. There's dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make a grassroots program. We're gonna go knock on Harlan's door. He w- he will hear us. All right. Hey, we want to know what you have to say about the uniforms, not only the USS Salt Lake City, but just, you know, uniforms in general. Are you okay with the Utes changing it up week to week, or would you prefer a more traditional look uh, week in and week out? You can always hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. Hey, and and to Cam's point, as some of you come on throughout the year and join the show, give us those hot takes. Come, Come join the right side. You're, you're always welcome over here. So speaking of hot takes, we're going to start bringing in some fans um, on the phone. We're up against a break, but we come back. Let's start talking to some Ute fans. Okay. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All righty, Ute fans. Super excited to, to kind of kick this off. Bringing fans on, talking season expectations for the Utes. We're kicking it off with Spencer Beehive Ute on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's great. Spencer, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Glad to be here. Okay, dude. It has been a year since, actually like two years, right, since we've been in Rice Cycle Stadium. How stoked are you to be able to go in and, and watch a game in person? Um, I'm very excited. I, uh, I actually used to have season tickets before we... Uh, my wife and I had kids and then we just got our season tickets like a couple months before COVID. And so we ended up rolling over our season tickets to this year. So I was, I was bummed when we couldn't go last year and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the new expansion. I've been checking uh, everybody's timeline to see uh, all the pictures from the open house and all that. So yeah, I'm pumped for it. That's awesome. We, Scott has been there. He went to the open house just last weekend, but I was there for the Garth Brooks concert. And just from that vantage point, the South end zone is fantastic, but I just can't wait to get back to football. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. where are you sitting? Um, I am on the East side about row 40, uh, on like the 40 yard line. Nice. So Cam, yeah. Cam's going to have a, a cowboy corn dog waiting for you in your seat <laughs> oh, uh, uh, for, against Weber Day. So, so don't eat dinner. Cam will have dinner provided for you. <laughs> Scott likes to give me crap because I've never had a cowboy count corn dog. I can't even say it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know how you're a Ute fan and haven't had a cowboy corn dog. This yeah, will be, this will be the, your thanks for coming on the show. Cam's providing cowboy corn dogs. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take two of them. Nice. Them, so. what, what else? I'm writing this all down. What else do you want? <laughs> yeah, take some notes. <laughs> cool, man. So we've been talking about you know our expectations as far as a win-loss record for the Utes. Where are you sitting? Where do you think this Ute team is going? Are you? Please tell me you have them going twelve and zero. I I uh, I have to admit I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I'm not. I actually I'm not even drinking the Kool Aid. I'm like inhaling the Kool Aid at this point. Uh, I, you know, my expectations after last year weren't like huge, but I'm look. I was looking at the schedule today because because we talked earlier. So I'm looking at the schedule just to kind of see when wins and losses. And honestly, I see there's, there's two games on the schedule that honestly like worry me. And that's USC obviously being away. And then the Oregon game. And just cause of their, you know, it's Oregon recruiting and all of that. Um, but other than that, like what other games should really scare us? Don't ask the team down south that question. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, the in-state game. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. In-state is is the right way to put that. But I mean, out of conference, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's all that much to be scared about out of conference. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, the in-state game, but, you know, we'll, we'll be looking to make that number 10 in a row. San Diego State potentially could be a little, uh, a, a pretty interesting game. But for me, obviously, outside of Oregon, outside of USC, to me, it's that uh, it's that Arizona State game. Obviously, yeah. they're, they're picked pretty high in the South by a lot of people. Um, they return a lot. But we don't know with what's going on in that coaching situation what that's going to do to their season, you know, where that team is really at. But that that is a game that's kind of circled for me that uh, is going to be real important. Yeah. So I, I have them going like 10 and 2, maybe if it's a really special season, 11 and 1. Um, the, the Arizona State game, uh, I did. I did think about that one, but with, yeah, just with all the coaching stuff, I just think they could be, they could fall apart, and that that team could quit on, oh, for quit sure. on them pretty fast. For so. sure. I mean, and, and then you look at. I mean, not all, if it was just like some undergrads or some grad assistants, I guess that were getting thrown under the bus. But now well, that they're doing position coaches, yeah, like, yeah, your wide receiver coach is gone, like that. That's big. Herm's just letting them all, all the, all the, <laughs> the, the bottom feeders just go one by one. It's gonna be the last man standing. <laughs> so, so if you go eleven and one, all right, who's that lost to? Is it, is it at home at Oregon or is it on the road at USC? Because if it's, if it's USC, that's pivotal for this South race. Yeah, it is. I mean, we got to get that monkey off of our back eventually, right? Like, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. We're gonna beat him at, at USC. Uh, USC just makes me nervous with uh, what's his name, Slovis, and then that Drake London wide receiver. They're just, I mean, what was that two or three years ago where they were just throwing up Hail Mary prayers and then having 50 yards? And that wasn't down. even Slovis. We knocked him out in the first quarter. <laughs> oh, and yeah. The backup came in and no, destroyed us. It, actually, he was third yeah. string because to start the year, <laughs> oh, that's it right. was JT Daniels. <laughs> yes. Wasn't it? Was it, it was. 2019 yeah, JT? It yeah, JT. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean that was nuts. But so, they rebounded. I mean, I, I, I'd like to. I'd like to say it's the USC game. Get that monkey off our back, but I don't. I don't know. I hope we get that USC game because I'm. I've already got my tickets to that game. I'm going to be there. Freaking right? Ryan's going. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. I got. I got tickets to the Stanford game. We're going to go up there. Nice, nice. nice. There's going to be, be the only ones there. there. There'll be more Utah fans than Stanford fans. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be it'll be uh, st- you and your family and a bunch of Stanford dudes. <laughs> yeah, uh, cheap tickets, I guess. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I've heard that. I've heard that stadium's awesome. It's, it's just kind yeah. of a nice setting, so that'll be a fun game. Do you typically try to go to road games, or is this a, kind of a first time thing for you? Uh, so the last last couple of years, I've tried. I went to uh, Washington. Uh, whenever that was, um, that's an awesome stadium. I really like that one. Is that when Huntley, to... Huntley brought us back in the fourth quarter to win it? Were you at that game? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. That was the one. Oh, that's nice. And uh, who was somebody had a pick six in that one? Jalen Johnson. Yeah, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. So anyway, yeah. I, I, well, as my kids get older, I want to try to try to go to more of those. That's how we feel about Cam. As he gets older, we're trying to make sure that he gets as many experiences as he can. I hate Scott so much. All right, Spencer. Dude, appreciate you jumping on. Uh, before we let you go, we got to hear 
breakout players? Do you have one for offense and do you have one for defense? And if you want to pull a Ryan and 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 pick a Devin Lloyd, oh please, yeah, I'll, I'll allow All it. All right, we got we got to set the ground rules of what is what is allowed to be considered for a breakout player. Uh, who was the breakout player that I picked last year? Yeah, after well, we've been doing this for like seven years. Yeah. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cam, give him the give him the rundown. You're the one who's like always oh, like these are the rules. So All right, well, they I'll they give it they, to they, you. they can't be a previous All Pac-12 player. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> and they can't be a previous starter. So previous, no. we've never had that rule. Oh yeah, we have. No, we've never had a previous starter. How rule. can you be a breakout player if you're a starter? Okay, <laughs> that works. I got. I got it. All right. So Let's I was gonna it. go. I was gonna go with like an obvious one, like Brewer. Uh, not gonna go there. I'm. I'm gonna say it's the beneficiaries of having Brewer. I'm gonna say Theo Howard. I. I don't know if you guys saw the. Uh, the leak scrimmage highlight of him catching like a 40 yard bomb yeah, uh, in the end zone. Yeah. So um, I, I, and watching Brewer highlights, like the guy throws deep balls all the time. So anyway, I, I'm excited for Theo Howard. And I also think Jalen Dixon with his speed could be, uh, have some opportunities, probably not the same volume, you know, as many uh, completions or whatever, but, I, I think he could have a sneaky good uh, season as well. I like it. So that's that's my offense. My defense, I'm going with uh, that Utah is going to have a, a rush. Uh, uh, what? Just a rushing attack with Van Fillinger, if I said that right. So I just think uh, we don't haven't had a speed rusher for a couple of years. Not at least a really dominant one. So I'm excited for Ben Fillinger. Looking, uh, I looked at his high school stats a little bit, and he had 24 tackles for a loss in his senior year. And, geez, that, that guy just lived in the backfield. So I'm, I'm thinking Utah gets back to their uh, Sack Lake City. I like it. The pride of nice. Corner Canyon. I like it. Yeah, there you go. Awesome, yeah. Spencer. Hey, thanks for jumping on, buddy. It's great talking to you. Okay, go Utes. Thanks. Go Utes. Thank you. Thanks, Spencer, man. All right. Super, super stoked about this next fan jumping on. He's on Twitter, at ColbyUtahMan3. Colby, how you doing, buddy? No, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season, you guys. Okay, I got to ask, how is it being a Ute fan living in Utah County, and how are you surviving? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we survive well down here now. Uh, it's, It's always good down here. I always uh, tell people I'm wearing the right colors in the wrong part of town. So uh, <laughs> keeps you on your toes down here. Awesome, dude. Hey, appreciate you taking time out of your day to jump on with us. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with you at Top Golf. We still need to go hit hit an actual course with you. Oh, of course. Yeah, I I, I did let Top Golf go. I loved it there, but uh, being down here in Utah County now, it's. Uh, just can't make it up there as often as I'd love to, but, um, you know, of course I'll be up there on game days and, uh, um, yeah, you can find me on any course really. Nice. All right. So Utah announced their starting quarterback. Well, I don't know if they was announced, but it got leaked, right? Uh, Charlie Brewer's named the starter. I got to ask you, are you team Brewer or team rising? 
I am team brewer. I'm ready for it. Um, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think, I think if we knew more with rising before the injury happened, I, I think it would be a little bit more difficult for me to make that decision. But for right now, I think, I think Brewer's the guy. I've been on Team Brewer. I think Scott, you're Team Rising, weren't you? I, I've been, I've been a Rising guy, man. I, I just think he's got it, and obviously, I, we're, he's still in the future. He's, st- he'll still going to be a part of the big part of this program moving forward. But the fact that he was able to make this competition as tight as it was, I think speaks volumes about Rising and his future at Utah. And coming off a ending season cert soldier shoulder injury. I can't talk, but when can I ever talk? <laughs> I that's a great point. You gotta give rising props to to make it that close. But I like Kobe, I, I'm excited for Brewer, what he did at Baylor. Um I think it's gonna be huge. Ryan, are you team Brewer, Team Rising? I am team Brewer and I have been since uh since he came on board. And I think part of that's just because we didn't know if rising would be back from the injury obviously he's he's recovered pretty well to make it a t- tough competition and and technically we don't know till thursday what if whittingham leaks something out there and then switches it up on the media <laughs> on thursday <laughs> that, 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 that would be quintessential wit right there be like who broke that news it's <laughs> awesome dude so Utah's going into the season, really high expectations, I think, kind of all around. Where are you sitting with the Utes? Where do you see them finishing overall in the South? And please say you have them going to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> okay, so I just checked before I jumped on. Vegas has eight and a half as as the win total over and under that. And I got to say over, definitely over. And... And my my gut just says nine, but I would love ten wins. I want ten wins, and and the Pac-12 championship being in Vegas, we got to do it this year. There there is no ifs buts. Just get in there and and let's go win this thing. Let's get down there. Let's pack that stadium down in Vegas, and and let's win the Pac-12. And, and let's see, you know, Rose Bowl, you know, that would be that would be fantastic. This is the year to do it, guys. It would be awesome. So just 10, 10 and 2, who are your losses? And, and obviously with your, your thinking there, they win the South at 10 and 2. So who, who do you got with the losses? So how did we get it? How did we get a bye before USC? Isn't it usually the other way around? Yes, it's always either a bye before the playoffs, or it's very early in the year, so it's not cold in Salt Lake when they come here. Yeah. So, so that USC gets a bye before Notre Dame, so they play us and then get the bye. And I, I want to say we, we, we get, we get them and and ASU back to back, and and realistically one away and we got to get we got to get that one at usc because um uh, you know too much is up in the air if we don't get that one as as years have told us right i think we got to get that one we got to stop with the we can't win at usc you know we we got to get that one um those two back to back i would be i would be happy with the split because um you know asu coming in the week after i just you know they're going to be upset with how they played last year, and Utah just played that good. Uh, you know I don't I don't want to say that you know 
ASU, we kind of shut them down. And and I think they're going to come into that game a little bit more uh, hungry this year. So I think we split one of those. And then the other thing is, is we can't lose. You can't lose two home games, but the Oregon game, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that they're probably going to come in as the favorite there, but it's at home. And as you saw today with the new unveiling of the jerseys, you know, we'll have a whole crew of shipmen there. It looks like awesome jerseys. Oh, they're we'll, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. They're, they are so nice. And, and when do, when do we got to find out when that stuff goes on sale? Cause we got to get some of that. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so realistically, I I've think they split one of those for, and for Christmas <laughs> stocking stuffers. There you go. All stuff is somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 10 and two would be great. 10 and two, 10 and two gets us, uh, gets us to the championship game. Who are we facing? Who are we facing in the, cause obviously this would, this would be the third visit to the PAC 12 title game. Obviously first time in Vegas. Is the third time the charm, and if so, who uh, who are we facing? Uh, third time is the charm, and I, and I think it's going to be Oregon. I I think too. Just looking top to bottom, you know, it's always been that North is better than the South, and 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 I I think it's flipped this year. I I do think top to bottom that that uh, the South we we I, I think it's going to be a lot. You know, I think. Competition-wise, I think that South is going to play a lot stronger this year than it has in the past. So, so if we can get out of that and get there, I think we face Oregon. I which, do, which could be interesting because you you're going to have Played just them. one week in between those two games yeah, against yep. Oregon if it plays out like that. So, uh, so yeah, and then and then depending on that situation too, right? You know, who wins in Salt Lake City, and then uh, you know, does the other team do we meet again, and then? You know, can you beat that team twice in a row, right? Uh, basically, back to back weeks almost. All right, so uh, we'll move on to your uh, to your breakout players. Uh, who, who you uh, who who is uh, your offensive breakout player that's going to be a big part of the offense this year? All right, so Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong with with how you do this. <laughs> Hey, you're going to throw yes, me into the bus already? Yes. Thank you, Colby. Thank you. Call, call, um, call so, so offense should be Britton Covey and defense should be oh, Devin Lloyd, right? Yes. Oh, I love it. Cameron put you up <laughs> no, to this. No. You, you can tell Colby's a longtime listener. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's stealing Ryan's notes. <laughs> Very good. Touche. Uh, no. Uh, you know what? I just um, – okay, so so we're going to – they're going to throw the ball around this year, right? And they've got Brewer, and they 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 want to throw, and uh, we've heard that before. But offense, I'm going to go Solomon Enos. I think with with uh, him gonna he's gonna he's gonna get a lot more receptions this year, and I think I think we need to get him that ball and find him the end zone. I like, I, that I like it. I we need that to we, happen. Exactly. We need that to happen. There's been a lot of potential there. It needs to get released uh, for Solomon. Yeah. Who's your defense? I'm going to I'm going to go out on an end here and uh I'm going to go with Devin Kafusi. Oh, well, interior gonna, uh, D-line. That was like, not yeah, on my I, radar. I, think, I like it. I think that there's going to be some, you know, attention elsewhere and and you know, I think as you saw in some of the spring ball highlights, 
all eyes are looking across the line at Devin Lloyd and figuring out where that guy's at. And I think that there's going to be some other players forgot about. And uh, sure enough, I think he's going to slide in there and pick up some good sacks, maybe force some fumbles. I like it. That's a good release. That's a good and uh, and definitely he'll have a huge impact on that defense, I think. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, no, definitely was not a player on my radar, but I like so, it. So, yeah, a little dark horse there. Colby, awesome, dude. Appreciate you taking time, jumping on, and we got to hit before winter comes. We got to go, got to go hit the greens. Yes, yes, of course. Um, you know what, you guys, you do great work. I love as much as I can listen. You know, I catch some on the way to and from work early mornings, get my day started off right. So keep up the the excellent podcast. I love it. And uh, you guys are also great dudes because I've met you before. And so keep it up. And I hope, you know, all these other listeners out there jump on board. And um, we have a great year this year. Uh, we're, we're excited. Our family is because our South end zone seats have been moved, and so we have a little bit of a different view this year. But where are you? We'll be, we're in section four, so we'll be up a little bit higher, and uh, I think a little bit more on the, the corner. But uh, it'll it'll be great. Uh, you know, there's not a bad place in that stadium, as we all know. And, yeah. Uh, so it'll it'll awesome. be great. So, as always, guys, go Utes, and uh, look forward to catching up with you guys. Awesome. Good. Thanks, Colby. Take care. Colby. Thanks, Colby. Hey. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate Spencer and Colby jumping on. Uh, before we get to our next two callers, we got to take a break, and we'll be right back. All right, join us on the phone now, Daryl Crimson on Twitter. If you're not following him on Twitter, you got to. The, the dude is hilarious. It's awesome. And I love his uniform takes from today on the release. I just want to kick this off with the gray uniforms doc your thoughts on the gray uniforms man when they uh released that video yesterday and it was like them going over the salt flats and like um you know word kind of got out that it was going to be military themed i was just like uh you gotta be kidding me um and so like i was hoping it would be somehow it would be white and red but um it's all gray like and when I saw it, I was like, uh, you gotta be kidding me. But, um, I mean, a lot of people put a lot of time in, but you know, the video is really cool. And like the history is really cool. And the helmets, like they're hand painted. Dude, and you so don't I, have to be nice. Just give us a straight opinion. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> well I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, and so like, I get that, man, like people would spend a lot of time on this, but it's just like, I just want Utah to wear red every week when we're at home and, like red, white, red on the road every week. Like I could totally be done with all these like themed games. It's just like, oh my gosh, are we still doing this in 2021? But kind of, kind of seems like a battle that is not going to be won. So well, it, it it's I, it's kind I of on brand so like, for Utah, do? right? It's on brand yeah. to be. Have unpredictable no <laughs> yeah our brand is not having one and we're sticking to it exactly <laughs> i am i am on board with the crazy uniforms i've i love the all gray look you're oh speaking to, to scott's heart he yeah is, me and scott are like no oh, on the same page and i think that's why i'm done with scott i don't want him on the show anymore <laughs> Dude, they just team up on me, and I just 
I just don't I don't understand it. What, what do you what do we get out of this different brand, different scheme, different colors week in and week Here, out? Here's my take though. I I I'm with you most of the time on red and white only. But if if this just is like one game a year to celebrate the the no, what's the word I'm looking for? Celebrate military, military appreciation. appreciation. Yeah, I'll I'll roll with it. And if every yeah. other game is red and white, great. But but the question that's is, the thing, though, will that's, every that's other thing, game though, be red it? and white? <laughs> no. and I'm that's the thing sick though, of the dark is, mode is... stuff too. Oh my gosh! Please yeah. stop. Yes, dark mode's kind of it's lived its it's run its course. Now that everyone yeah. does it, it's I mean you got junior highs doing it. It's it's time to move on from those. But yeah. I, I dig the gray. It's time to put away childish things and act the part, right? Utah. Let's go build a brand. Like, let's be, and stay let's with the be brand. a a big boy Power Five program. Okay, DOC. I got to ask you this because I I need an outsider's opinion because I get burned oh my, on the podcast. Buckle up, this. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Maryland has. Oh jeez. <laughs> Maryland has their like Maryland State flag uniform. No, I yeah. would, I would love like a Utah State one. Obviously, the flag is blue, so you can't do exactly like the state flag. The, what if we the did, like, flag is literally the color of like our most hated rival. No, I know, like, I know. Never. No, hear me out. Hear me out. I wish we had a booing <laughs> background. But noise you do right it now. in red and have a beehive on the helmet. Oh my oh, god. That's Cam, no. you, you're so bad at marketing. You may get a job up at the U <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> I here's my whole thing on on uniforms. Like I've totally conceded the fact that like we're never gonna have seasons where we just get the red drum and feather. Or even I mean we're kind of going away from that. The interlocking U helmet. Like that's probably never gonna happen. But if we could like just kind of like simplify it a little bit, like. Um, you know, Baylor is another program where they went through all this uniform thing and now they have like a yellow set, a green set and a white set. And it's like, all right, if we're going to do like, you know, a white helmet, a red helmet, and then, you know, once a year blackout helmet, like I would be totally fine with it, but it's just like, we're all over the map and this is a battle. I know I'm not going to win, but it's just like, come on. Hey, we, we, we cannot give up now. (laughs) We gotta stay. Yeah. <laughs> we've come to. We've come so far. <laughs> the mixing and matching of the the blacks and the whites, which aren't even Utah's colors, that's what drives me. Yeah. Nuts. Well, and it's like we are we're red, which is like the coolest color, and we like we have you know white, red, and a little bit of black. That's like the best color scheme you could ever hope for, and we just don't do it so <laughs> and then just take that color scheme and add a beehive to oh, it stop. Oh. Stop. <laughs> all right man uh let's jump into this season uh where you have in the utes finish up at the end of the year so i i'm really high on this team i think it's going to be very similar to 2019 hopefully it ends better than that season did but um i actually have the utes going 10 and 2 with one of the losses being at USC, which pains me to say that I want them to win there more than anything. And until we actually do it, I'm just going to call that a loss until we do it. Um, so I think we drop that game and then we all know how the Pac-12 is. So I think we'll, we could drop, you know, I think the Oregon state game is kind of a trap game or um, I don't know. We're not losing to UCLA. Those guys suck, but 
like Stanford, <laughs> Arizona, I don't know, Arizona State, or I mean, obviously Oregon's, you know, a really tough game, but I, I feel like if we're going to lose another game, it's going to be a random game that, you know, everything just kind of goes wrong. So, so if we lose to USC on the road, do we st- the does 10 and 2 still get us that South title? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, my brain says no, but my heart says yes. I, I, I feel like USC's got a pretty manageable schedule, but it is Clay Helton and it is USC. And so, like, they, I mean, they miss Oregon and Washington, but like, they could lose to, you know, ASU or, I don't know, a random game. So that's what sucks is I think we go 10 and two, but if we do that, we probably don't win the South, which would really suck. Yeah. That's, that's what scares me is because looking at that USC schedule, um, it's ranked 53 in the, in the country strength of schedule currently just, Mm -hmm. they don't have, they don't have, I mean, they don't have that Oregon game or that Washington game where you can have some hope that, you know, they're going to, they're going to stumble and, and get a loss or maybe two, like you said, obviously anything's possible, but I, I just think, man, that USC game is so much more critical this year than even in years past, just for the fact that yeah. if it, even a great year could still keep us out of the South if that's the loss that occurs. That would be really unfortunate. I, I would love to be wrong on this, and, and maybe with like, you know, a veteran quarterback and like, you know, CEO Howard, a veteran receiver, and I don't know. We got a lot of veteran transfers, and so that have played in some really big time, you know, venues and situations. And so I would love to be wrong on this, but until we actually do it, I can't, (laughs) I can't say we're going to win there. So, uh, assuming the media got it right, are you team brewer or were you pulling for rising? Ah, The story of rising winning would be so cool. And I, I think eventually, that maybe next season or even hopefully not that this season he'll probably start. But I, I feel like this is the best situation we've had at quarterback in forever. And so whoever is going to throw for a bunch of yards and score a bunch of points, I'm down for whoever that is. So when, when we got Brewer, I kind of was like, yeah, he's probably going to start. And so I think it's cool at rising, at least from if we are to believe what the reports say made it close, but I'm fine, you know, with, with Brewer. He's, you know, he's done a lot. He helped lead Baylor to the Sugar Bowl. And if this is that kind of season we're trying to have, like, I'm, I'm down for it. So, um, hashtag Thick Boy 7 may have to wait till 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, obviously, Utah returns a lot of talent, but in any season, there's there's a guy that typically is going to kind of rise up and get some attention that maybe wasn't expected. So, who's your offensive and defensive breakout players for this year? So, on defense, I think opposite of of Tafua, I think Xavier Carlton is going to is a beast and is going to start racking up those sack numbers. Um, and so, I think. He's my defensive kind of breakout player for this year. Um, and then my answers are kind of boring because I feel like Bam on the offensive line is going to put it all together and it's going to be the difference maker between having, you know, a, a mediocre to good offensive line to a good to great offensive line. So my answers are kind of boring, but I think it's along the lines. I think Xavier Carlson and Bam are going to be the difference Uh and, and going to be, you know, guys that really break out this year. I, I, I love, I, I like both picks, but that the Bam pick, 
<laughs> I think that's he's a massive first, human being, man. The first O lineman breakout player ever on the podcast, <laughs> and I like it because in no, eight but, years, that's the first offensive line. I think it really is. <laughs> I like it, but but it, it would be huge because if he can solidify and he can he can basically play at that high of a level. That's huge for this offensive line, not only in protection, yeah. but obviously in the run game. And, and just as big as that dude is, man, he could be yeah. such an asset. Yeah, I think I'll give a I'll give a normal answer. If if it's not someone on the offensive line, I think we were really good at running back. Um, but I think and he's I mean, he's played at Oklahoma before, but I think TJ Pleasure is going to be a guy that we look back on and be like, man, we wouldn't have won these games without him breaking out. So I'll, I'll say TJ pleasure in addition to Ben. All good picks. Uh, DLC. Thanks so much for jumping on buddy. Appreciate you taking time. Uh, yeah. And joining us slackers on here. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it and have a great night, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate yeah. It. Thanks man. All right. Jumping on the phone at Salt Lake Jake on Twitter. You know him from the Jim Rome show, Blasting Bronco and the Cougars. Jake, how are you doing, buddy? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. I'm ready to rock and roll out of the gates. Like they said, I am Salt Lake Jake. I used to be known as the Mighty Alaskan You Changed my name once Jim Rome glossed me, so I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Ready to talk Ute football. Let's go. Dude, Utah fans, you have got to follow him on Twitter. I'm sure you are, but if you're not, go find him. A great account to follow. Uh, just tons of you content, and you get the nice banter uh, from him. So, Jake, I noticed that on over the weekend, you were able to go to the South End Zone preview. Scott went to it as well. I uh, want to get your thoughts, though. What, what did you think overall of the South End Zone? You know what? I think it was freaking spectacular. You know, the pictures you see online, they look good, but it doesn't do it justice because there's a lot of little blinged out, swagged out things about the place that you don't see unless you go tour it. And it's huge. I mean, you go in there, you go through that main lobby where the team's going to come out onto the field with the red striping lights at the top. It feels like the Dallas Cowboys, man. That's how they enter the field through a little a little area like that with their fans. And just it felt big time. And you go into the locker room. And it just, I mean, you guys remember, our, our, our old locker room was trash, right? It was, oh, it was so uh, crappy. Was awful. Yeah, it was 70s, just, 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 you know, the team would meet in the bathroom at halftime. This place is giant. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, the locker room itself was 5,500 square feet, which is like four times the size of my first house that I built. And so it's just, it's huge. It's huge. It's up to date. There's all, like the hype room where they're going to go out at halftime and then before and after the games is like, it's incredible. It's got video playing. It's got music. It's got lights. Uh, I understand when they take the field. So, we, I mean, we, we go from the bounce house that we used to know, the little stupid blow-up castle they had, right? <laughs> that yeah. was Scott's favorite. Oh, don't, no, don't get me started on the bounce house. <laughs> yeah, they, they go from that to apparently what they're, they're going to do is they're going to film the dudes, walk from the locker room through the fans, come out on the field. There's going to be smoke. There's going to be lights. There's going to be – it's going to be incredible, man. So it's it's uh, taking it into the 21st century. You know, we we had we redid our stadium in '98, but left that old part of the Rice Stadium. So it's bringing it up, making it making it big time, like we belong, man. The Pac-12 because we do, and so it's finally caught up to it. I saw, I thought it was I thought it was super impressive. It totally changes the feel of the stadium, don't you guys think? Jake, what do we got to do to get you like as part of the hype room? Like you're you got to be a part of that. <laughs> Let's Pre-game. go! I do it. You know, it's funny. It's like I was thinking. 
when like when Utah plays BYU, I wait for the bus to come up. I'm giving everyone five as they got the bus. Hi, let's go. You know, yelling at them. I could do that. I could do that all day long. If they dude, want me in there, dude. I think you. I think you've got like listeners right now, just like bouncing off walls. You've got, you got me more pumped than I was two minutes ago, <laughs> dude. It's I'll be honest. It's it's embarrassing. Like sometimes in real life, where somebody knows me from Twitter. Like I was at a wedding last summer, and like, wait a minute, you're Salt Lake Jake, and I was like, kind of give him like the don't say anything sign because my wife was next to me. You know, I didn't want her to. I don't want to be known as that because it's embarrassing. But I can't help it. I'll just I'll lean into it, man. It is who I am. I, it's Utah football's my life. Like I tell everybody when I first meet them, I'm passionate about three things: my family, my faith, and my football. All rolled into one little breakfast burrito, right? So this is this is who I am. I can't help it. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, so how how stoked are you after last season with COVID and now being able to go to see live in person games? How are you feeling about it, dude? I am so pumped i feel like i'm kind of like like a schizophrenic because every now and then i'll just be driving my car i'll think about it i'll yell out like the f word like let's go you know and it's still a week and a half away that's how that's how pumped i am dude especially because you bring up last year's catastrophe of a year it started terrible by losing our starting quarterback in the first game for the rest of the year and then ended of course with the tragedy that happened to the great ty jordan rest in peace right and so the whole year just sucked and so not being able to go to games in person watching you know some of the smaller lesser teams like byu play an entire schedule um and you know watching them get all this publicity for really freaking doing nothing it was frustrating so after two years man i'll probably just walk through the gates and rice cycles and just like sit down and just start sobbing because i'm so happy to be back it, it it is. It's gonna be one of those moments just to get back. Obviously, you know, Rice Eccles Stadium, even even before the South End Zone got uh, got remodeled, you know, just being in that stadium, the excitement, that feel of a football season is something. But I just I can't even. I'm trying to put like get a grasp of what it's gonna be like when now that sound is enclosed. You've got an extra five thousand people. Rice Eccles is gonna be electric. It's gonna be it's gonna be an experience, dude. It is, and the thing is, it's it's really underrated nationally because people will see it and think, oh, forty five, fifty thousand, not a big deal. But the way the the way the must is into it, the way the north end zone's into it, the way we have flags rolling all throughout the stadium after big scores when there's a big turnover and they play that turbulent song, it's like it's a party, man. And you're right, you close in that end zone, you update it, make it look pretty. Now you put five thousand more fans in there. It's gonna be it's gonna be unmatched it's gonna be incredible i can't wait we've told a couple of the other guys we had on tonight that cameron's buying it all cowboy corn dogs so we want to know where your seats oh are but gosh this interview deliver. deserves like a ribeye not a corn dog so. <laughs> dude i don't know if they're doing cowboy corn dogs anymore right they south end no no jake don't say gone. stuff like that don't no don't put that out in the universe we need the cowboy right, corn dogs i apologize i agree i apologize <laughs> you can deliver man w13 row 44 brother i'll see you nice. bring my, my corn dog there dude i think we got to get like a to-go order from the new club for you for just for this uh this experience you're giving us right now <laughs> oh dude i love it i'm pumped man i can't wait i cannot wait okay so looking forward to this season how are you seeing the the youths from a, a win-loss record you know oh, it's I, i've i've been thinking about this for a long time I, I would love to match 2019 or better, but I, I don't think it's possible. I think we go 10 and two, which is still great, right? I mean, 10 and two in a power five league. Um, I just think, I think the South is going to be so much better this year than it's been in years past. You have Utah, Arizona state and, and USC who are, 
you know, going to be competing for this, the, the title. But I also think a team like UCLA can come out of, out of the woodwork and, and cause some damage too. They've got a lot of their guys back too. Chip Kelly's in his third year, I think. And I, I just think that I think they're going to turn the corner. So I think we go 10 and two with a loss at SC, which I hate to say because I want to win there so bad, but man, we just, we just can't seem to pull it off there. And then maybe another loss to, I don't want to say ASU because I hate their guts so bad. So I'll say someone from the North. I'll say Oregon will be our other loss. 10-2 losses to USC, Oregon. We just need USC to trip up somewhere so we can win the South like we did in 19 and hopefully okay. win it this time. Okay, but so with that being said, looking at USC's schedule, if they beat us head-to-head, that I'm, that's going to require at minimum two two conference losses. I don't know that they've got. Yeah. To, I don't know that they've got two conference losses on that schedule. Well, it's it's tough to say. Look him, you know, on paper, right, with all their talent. But I just, dude, Clay Hilton, I think, is <laughs> exactly. not a good coach. You know, <laughs> and, and anytime he's the coach, you got you got a chance for two or three losses. I think they, yeah, I think. Uh, you, I mean, we got we got to get that SC game. But if we don't, we still have a shot. Hopefully, I don't know. But I, I just, I, I can't predict who they'll lose to. But I just know with Clay Hilton, man. He underperforms with the talent he has, you know? Oh, exactly. And I think, I mean, you right. With USC, there's always like a Cal or a UCLA that yeah. kind of jumps up and, and beats them. Yeah, they they have a lot of those what-the-crap losses, like how they lost to BYU. Like, uh, that yeah. wasn't a conference game, but USC just I always know. does that. Who loses to those guys? That's, that is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of idiots, too. Hey, yeah. So I, I am curious. What? What's your take on the in-state game this year? How do you see that playing out? Well, I think I know as, how this is going to go. <laughs> That's why I asked. Seeing as they freaking haven't beaten us since before my last two children were born, and I've got a kid in sixth grade, right? <laughs> I mean, it's been 4,200 days since they've won. And they're lucky. Let's be honest. They're lucky it doesn't go back all the way to 1996 because all their wins have been fluke wins. The 2009 stupid overtime game against Max Hall. 2007 is fourth and 18. And Bryce um, McCain, let's let's call it past him. 2006, the last second play to Harleen. 2001, the Luke Staley run down the middle. 2000, another fourth, fourth, uh, fourth down play. Dude, it literally could go back to 1996 was the last time they won. They're lucky it's not freaking 15 games at this point. <laughs> Anyway, dude, dude, do you have like a Rolodex in front of you or something? <laughs> no, dude, I just I, I've relived all these games a thousand times in my head. I can tell you exactly what happened in the most crucial play in each freaking game. It sucks. Anyway, so I think, uh, dude, listen, okay, I mean, dude, where do I begin with this? They lose everybody. They were turning literally the least amount of production of all 131 teams in college football. Actually, I think they updated it. It's like 120 out of 131. Either way, 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 way on the bottom. You lose your all-generational quarterback, three of your five starting offensive linemen, and they lose five starters on defense, including their big guy in the middle, Kyrus Tonga. They lose two of their DBs, Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox. They lost uh, Kafusi, their linebacker. Dude, I think we go in there because they've been recruiting like in the 70s, like the last 10 years, ever since they went independent. And we've got way more talent than they do. We've got the mental edge over them. We've got the better coaching staff. And I think we go in there. I honestly think in the last 20 years, this is the least amount I've ever been worried about, about the BYU game. I've always had kind of like a little, uh, what if they get us? I don't think so this year, man. I don't see any reason why we don't go down there and just ram it down their throat. Their defense is going to suck because they lost all their good players, first of all. Second of all, their secondary is never good, you know. And so I think with, with Charlie Brewer coming in, four-year starter or at Baylor, he's got 10,000 yards under his belt. He's won big-time games. He led them to the freaking Sugar Bowl. You know, I think we go down there, and I think we beat them 
42 to 10, something like that. Mark it. I'm, I'm predicting it. Write that down. 42 to 10 oh, as we man. get win number 10 in a row. Dude, I'm ready to put a few more nickels in you. <laughs> Let's go. I'm just getting going. Let's go. This is awesome. Oh, this, yeah, this is uh, okay. So we so we know we know how that the in state game's going. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's let's transition that into uh, breakout players. Obviously, Utah returns a lot of talent, both offensively and defensively. But every year, there's there's a few guys that are going to be able to to kind of surprise some folks and play pivotal roles in on both offense defense who you got who's your offensive and defensive breakout player let's start offense um i'm basing this off of when kyle whittingham speaks about a guy you usually got to pay attention because he doesn't pump people up for no reason the other two guys that i can think of that just came out of nowhere in fall camp that were not expecting to do anything their freshman year was Britton covey and the late, great Ty Jordan, both those guys just seem to come out of nowhere and they delivered their freshman year, right? So I think a guy that he's been talking a lot about um, is uh, Tavion Thomas, the running back transfer from the community college, the JC Community College. In high school, he was super highly recruited, committed to Oklahoma, backed off that when Ohio State got involved, eventually ended up at Cincinnati, but then transferred like halfway through the year. And he's just, he's a big dude. He's, uh, according to according to reports from practice, he's he's tearing it up, so... I think he'll be the breakout player of the year. By the end of the year, he will be our next 1,000-yard running back. What do you guys think about that? Well, I I agree with you. He's my guy. Yeah. I've, I've been touting him uh, um, so far on this. For that very reason, what you just said, Kyle Whittingham always kind of gives a little hint as to yeah. some surprise guys. and He you was know, spot on last year with Ty Jordan. So, well, and, and from yeah. reports that you're getting, I mean, Kyle McDonald is just raving over him. He's getting a ton of reps in practice. And and a guy that's that size with the history that we have at the University of Utah with success of the running back position and the commitment to run, I just don't know how that guy is not going to be your starter by probably week three. Yep, I agree. And the thing is, you, you hear about how much he's getting talked about. He came from the – I mean, it wasn't like one of the three main guys coming into the season, right? It was always about Pledger and Curry and Micah, Micah Bernard, right? Those are the three that were talked about. Who's going to win the job there? So he's already starting from a, a, a position of disadvantage and to break out and essentially at least catch up with those guys but likely pass them based on what we've heard. He's got to be something something special. So that's, that's my choice for offense. Defense – I'm going to go – I don't know if this is out of left field totally, but a little bit. I'm going to go with Van Fillinger at the defensive end. Um, we hadn't heard much about him. We had heard that Carlton was kind of locking down that spot. But as of the last as the last uh, scrimmage, Witt said Fillinger was was going to be the guy there at the opposite Tafua at the other end. And he's – I mean, he was a big-time player out of high school, man. He committed to Texas initially, had, had official offers from Ohio State and SC – I mean, he's built like a man-child. You look at his pictures on his visits as a 17-year-old high school player. He's ripped, huge. He's one of those kind of football junkies, right? So I think uh, if Wit Wit said the lights kind of turned on for him, so I'm going with that. He's gonna, you know, our, our line will get a lot of we'll, our defensive line will eat up a lot of a lot of blocks with with the with the tackles in the middle and with people focusing on Tafu on the other end. I think he's gonna be let loose and be the uh, breakout defensive player this year. I, I, I love it. I'm a huge fan. fan. Uh, watched him at Corner Canyon uh, two years, his junior and senior year. Watched him pretty closely. And, and yeah, I, I, I can't 
I can't see anything wrong with that as a breakout player. That's probably where I'm going to go with mine. Uh, I'm a huge fan. But Jake, dude, thank you so much for, for jumping on. Uh, you're a hoot, dude. This is awesome. <laughs> we got to have you back again throughout the season. Get your hot takes. Uh, but hey, yeah. anytime you want, fellas. I'm, I'm usually calling up the local radio station, firing off takes there. And uh, it's like casting my pearls before swine, though. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'll let it, I'll let it off. It, it's Scotty G in hands and they'll hang up and they'll just change the subject like, man. So you guys want me on? I'll come on anytime you want. I love the Utes, man. I live and die for college football. Let's go. Dude, do you just, you know, do you, any parting thoughts for us? <laughs> uh, book your flights, man, to, to Pasadena. Book them. Let's go. This is the year. Listen, listen, man. Look, we got all this coming back. You got three guys that could have been drafted, Ford, Lloyd, and Kesey, and they came back. They came back for Ty Jordan. The spirit of Ty Jordan will inspire these dudes all season long. And it's going to be a Hollywood story, man. The Utes are taking the Pac-12 this year in the memory of Ty Corius freaking Jordan. Let's go. I like it. That's it, man. That's that's Mike. the podcast. <laughs> All right, fellas. I guess as Jim Rome would say, I'm out. That's awesome, hey, dude. Hey, thanks dude, so much, Jay. Thank you so much. See you guys. Go Utes. All right. Big shout out to Spencer, Colby, DOC, Jake from SLC, just I love having fans coming and joining with us. Uh, again, we're going to kind of try to do that throughout the season. Um, really get fans' perspective on this because, like I said, we're fans. When we started this podcast, it was all about for fans, by fans. And what better way to do that than to bring people that we've met on social media, through uh, at Utah games, let them you know, voice their opinion on the Utes. I think we're going to jump into our season predictions and breakout players. And I know Ryan's probably going to pick Devin Lloyd. <laughs> Just like what Colby said, uh, we're it's up a against a pick. We're up against a break. And when we come back, we'll be doing our season predictions. All right. So season predictions. Um, it's crazy to think as we were driving um, to meet together tonight, I was thinking, this is our eighth year doing this, our eighth year doing season predictions, and I think every year I kill you guys in all my predictions. Oh my god! So just setting that out there right now. Did I not? Did I not call Devin Lloyd? And I called Ty Jordan last year. Sit down, Cam. I still beat you guys in every in every prediction. <laughs> so let, let's kick it off. Wins, loss, totals. For Utah, Ryan, let's start with you. How is the season going for the Utes? Oh, if I put on my red goggles, it's twelve and zero, baby. But uh, I got—I think ten and two is probably where it it ends up. And though I think my two losses, I'm gonna go with Oregon as one. I'm gonna. I'm going to say we get the win at USC finally, especially because I'm going to be there. Um, but I think we get tripped up in one other game, and I think it might be ASU. Um, and I don't know if ten and two gets us to this gets us to be South champs into the into the Pac-12 championship game. I think we'll need some help. Um, but this team this team's capable of more than ten and two, I think. Uh, but it's also going to be a tough a tough 
league. Um, there's a lot of there's a a lot of good talent on the other teams, so it's it's going to be a, a tough task. Scott, where are you going? Well, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not venturing all that far from, you know, what some of uh, uh, the guests have had to say so far tonight, and even what Ryan said. I think ten and two is probably a pretty realistic um, expectation for this team because of everything that we've talked about. Right, the, this offense has a chance to be really good, and we know what this defense is going to do year in and year out. So assuming, assuming you know, we stay healthy in, in all of these key positions and, and, and situations, I think 10 and two is probably um, is probably where we're going to be. But man, I'm, I'm on the verge of an 11 and one season. I, I, th- I think it's possible. The thing that scares me is there are good teams on the schedule, teams that uh, they could sneak up and beat you on any giving, given Saturday. I think UCLA, could be one of those teams that could be sneaky good. I've seen predictions on them across the board, some who have them at the bottom of the Pac-12 and others who have them near the top. So I think that, you know they're they're starting to turn a corner. They've got a lot of talent. They're somebody that could sneak up, come into Rice Eccles and beat you. Even a Stanford. Um, I think I think this team, as focused as they are, what the goals that they have in mind, I do not see them going to and losing at USC. I think I think we break that trend. I know we haven't done it and there's that saying out there until they do it you shouldn't you shouldn't pick them. And I I get that to an extent, but I'm going with the Tony Finau positive thinking here. <laughs> All right. This is the year. This is the team that can do it. This is the team that uh, can can go and and really just get that monkey off this program's back because if they don't I don't think we win the south. If you lose at USC, in my opinion, you will not win the South this year. I just I look at USC's schedule and I just I don't see enough teams on there to give them two conference oh, losses. It becomes way too difficult if you lose that game. I really think the season will hinge on that USC game, and uh, and I think this team can do it. Obviously, Oregon's going to be tough. Um, ASU and and UCLA those are those are going to be real important games. And October is going to be a very important month for this team because they go through a gauntlet. And uh, um, you know, as obviously start with USC, go to Arizona State at Oregon State, um, and then UCLA here at home. That's a tough month, and that's going to be a really pivotal month. I'm going to go 10 and 2, long-winded answer there for you Cam. 10 and 2 is where I'm at. I'm at 11 and 1. I'm doing it. Uh I and he just took his shirt off. He's just fired <laughs> up. Prepping for the show, I was more, I was thinking 10 and 2, uh maybe even 9 and 3 cuz I I honestly think Utah could go 9 and 3. Um with with the schedule with, you know, I think the Pac-12 is supposed to be better, especially the South supposed to be better this year. Uh I'll be a homer. I think eleven and one, and that one loss I think is going to be either ASU or Oregon. But I do, I do see eleven and one, and with that, they're going to the Pac-12 championship game, third time in four years. Okay, so now let's take it one step further. I think we all have them winning the South in our heads. Who are who are we playing in the in the in the title game? I think it's going to be Utah and Oregon. A rematch? A rematch. 2019. Uh, I would agree. I'd go with Oregon, too. Which, which 
which I think we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, which could be an interesting, if that plays out, it could be interesting having those two teams match up inside of two weeks of each other. I, I think that's a real possibility. I'm also, I would not be surprised to see Washington win the, win the North. I'm I'm not sold on Oregon completely this year. I'm not sold on Chris Lake as a coach. Well, oh, I, I'm not either, but uh, I I would not be surprised. I'm not rooting for Washington, I'll tell you that much. But I would not be surprised to see uh, Washington potentially in that in that title game. And quite honestly, I'd have a lot more confidence going up against Washington than I will against Oregon. Oregon kind of kind of broke me. They scare yeah, me. It'd be nice to to get a little payback from 2019 and in the championship game, go up against Oregon and beat them. All right. So with that said, are the Utes in playoff contention come the end of November, or will the Utes be in the Rose Bowl? Win win either way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for for me, if they're 11 and one at the end of the season and they beat an Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, I. They're clearly in the discussion for playoff. Oh, absolutely! If if they're eleven and one and Pac twelve champs, that, that's a I think that's a no brainer. God, man, I think I think Kyle's putting it all in. He's putting all of his chips in the middle. He wants a Pac twelve title. His comments earlier this year when he when was asked about winning the conference, his response: What else is there at this point? What else is there at this point besides a Pac twelve title? A Trust me, we all love winning the South, and that was a huge step for this program, and then doing a back-to-back was another huge step for this program. Winning it a third time and losing in the championship game a third time is not the step is not a step anymore. The only step left to do is you got to win the thing. I'll take it. But you're you're right. I think I think he is all in on this. Uh, and, and that's clear by how they attacked the transfer portal and brought in these uh, high, rec- high, highly rated recruits. And if we win it and we either go to the playoff or are playing in the Rose Bowl, that will be Kyle Winningham's swan song. He will be he will ride off into the sunset after that. Ooh. That is my prediction. You heard it here first, folks, on the Utah Man podcast. Scott's calling. Whittingham's retirement if he wins it. I think that's his plan. I think he wants to retire, and I think think that's why he approached this year the way that he did. And I think that's why Brewers, your starting quarterback, they're going all in. All right, let's get into our breakout players. Uh, You know, we've heard a lot of breakout players from the fans that we brought on. You know, a couple of them, I was kind of feeling that way. Uh, Scott, we'll start with you. Who is your offensive breakout player? I mean, Salt Lake Jake. I'm going. I'm going with Tavion Thomas. I think uh, you've been high on him since you signed him. I think he's your starter. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's your starter week one. If he's not, I think he'll be your starter um, by week three. Um, the crime, the, the the cream always rises to the top, especially at Utah in at the running back position. This guy, if you listen to the coaches, what they've had to say about him, I think I think he will be a household name similar to Ty Jordan was last year. Not saying he's going to be to that same level, because there is a lot of talent behind him still. And uh, and unless you're absolutely dynamic, those guys are going to get opportunities as well. But I think I think uh, I think he's uh, I think he's going to be really good. 
Ryan, who are you going? I am going with Devon Vele. I think we've all heard that. That was my breakout player last season. (laughs) Well, he didn't break out, so (laughs) you were a year early, Cam. (laughs) We've all heard the potential that guy has, and um, we're just waiting for for it all to come together when the lights come on, and I think this is the year. I mean, Covey Covey has uh, talked very highly of him. Uh, his speed and his route running. So that's my pick. I think you guys have very fine picks. Very fine picks. But let me tell you who the real breakout player for the youth will be this season. <laughs> Connor oh. O'Toole. Oh, Grandpa, please tell us. Connor O'Toole. So we didn't get to see Connor play last year. Uh, but I mean, he still is a, as a freshman because of COVID. Uh, Here's the thing with him, though. So he's Covey. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. The land of enchantment. I have a, a very good feeling that if he wasn't in New Mexico, if he was in California or Texas, he would have been a four-star uh, type recruit. I think because he went to a smaller high school, kind of a smaller state in New Mexico, he got overlooked a lot. And Utah was able to find him before any of the big programs really knew who he was. And so with that, I have full confidence that Connor O'Toole will be the breakout player for the Utes this coming season. I like it. I'm, I'm big on Connor. I think, and I, I, I kind of agree with your take. I think uh, he's kind of a, um, a young Brant Keithy. Yes. That guy's got kind of, he's got a tight end size. Obviously, he's got to fill out a little bit more and get a little stronger, but he's got great size, but but he can but he can run like a wide receiver. Uh, I think he's going to be really good. I mean, I, I you could argue Bryson Reeves could be a potential breakout player offensively. You could argue uh, Manu McLean, the transfer wideout from USC, could be a breakout, which tells you what what we've got at that wide receiver position. So, no, I think uh which is there's a lot a of lot talent there. Compared, yeah, there's a lot well, of talent after what we after the season ended last year where we thought we'd be sitting coming into this season. Exactly. All right, let's switch gears onto defense. Um I'll kick us off. So my breakout player on the defense is Ethan Calvert. Linebacker out of Westlake Village, California. I'm super high on this case. A four-star recruit. The number four rated linebacker uh, in the country last season. I mean, let's be honest. Utah's linebacking group, there's a lot of depth. Uh, Devin Lloyd leading that off. So it might be hard for you know kind of the, the underclassmen, the younger guys to get playing time, to get some reps. But if there's if there's one linebacker uh, that I'm super excited to watch this coming season, it's going to be Ethan Calvert. Ryan, where are you going? I am going to go with the sophomore Malone Mataeli. I think uh, we saw him play a little bit last year in the shortened season, and uh, you know he reminds me a lot of watching Marquise Blair play. He's kind of uh, just plays this high highly intense uh doesn't care who he who he hits who he knocks out which i think if i remember correctly he got tossed out of one game for uh 
for a helmet to helmet last year, which which also reminds me of Marquise Blair. Um, but I but I but I love that kind of reckless abandon back there in in the backfield of the defense. So looking for him to be my breakout guy. Scott, why don't you round us out here? Yeah, I'm I'm staying in the in the defensive backfield, but I'm going to the safety position. I which I think is a really interesting spot on the defense right now. Obviously, Vontae Davis is going to be one of your starting safeties, uh, but with R.J. Hubert re-injuring uh, himself in the spring game, that leaves that position up for grabs. Cole Bishop, um, you know, a, a kid out of Georgia in the latest recruiting class, a um, lot of pub for him. But I'm not going to go with Cole. I'm going to go with uh, Kamoi Latu out of Hawaii. He's been in the program a couple years, um, but uh, due to uh, um, COVID, is still a freshman. And good size, six feet, 195, but he, man, he, if you go back, watch his tape, he hits. He hits with a ton of just power, and he kind of has that reckless abandon that Ryan was talking about as well. And man, I think that's what you want out of out of that safety position. Don't know if he's going to win the job or or if or if Cole Bishop will, but I'm going to go with Latu. I I think yeah, he could potentially be a big part of this defense this year. I like it. Hopefully, this season is a great one for the Utes. It starts this coming Thursday against Weber State. Don't forget, your tickets have got to be on your phone. Make sure you save them. We know how spotty service is at Rackcycle Stadium. Ryan, where, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yeah, you can find me at Rackcycle's early on Thursday the 2nd because we got to get there early. You have got this is the first game where the fan or where the team is going to be running out of the center middle of the new south end zone. We got to have it be an experience. And if there's 10,000 people in there and 20,000 still trying to get through the gates, it's not going to be very cool. Arrive early. Let's fill up Rice Eccles. Man, it's going to feel so good to get back in Rice Eccles. Um, you can find me at Uteman underscore forever. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. You can always download us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And we're almost there, guys. We are almost there. The season is, is just upon us. It seems like it's been 20 years since we've been in the Rice Huckle Stadium. Let's go. It's going to be great. Go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be till I die. Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Yeah, I wasn't even listening. So I was, I was at work and my friend calls like, dude, Jim Rome just asked for a Ute fan to call. Call in. He had Bronco on. I was like, okay. So I'm driving to an appointment. I just pull up my phone, put on speaker, and I just let loose. No notes, nothing. And, he's, and he did. He said that he's like, man, that was the best call in five years. So it's it pretty awesome. That That is funny that you had not, you didn't even prep for that phone call.
No, I mean, I was prepping for 30 years of my life. (laughs) My whole life's been a preparation for that moment. For that moment. Is it recorded somewhere? Is is it on YouTube or something? Oh, yeah. I'll have to go back. I've got got it pinned on my Twitter. If you go there, there's a video. All right. Oh, it's so good. That that yeah. that that uh, that that that's a must listen for everybody as we as we head into the in-state game this year. That's right, right the in-state game, dude. That seems like freaking forever ago, and they still haven't beat us since then. It was four-game win streak at that point, and dude, that was like in 2013 or whatever it was, and now we're here. We are eight years <laughs> later, still still no wins from them. 